I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Craig Doyle and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Here is how the race was won. 35 years since we've had a British Premier Class winner. It was Barry Sheen then. It is Cal Crutchlow now. Number 35, after 35 years of drought, we have Cal Crutchlow, the winner of the Czech Grand Prix, in the finest style possible. It will be Valentino Rossi coming home for second place. That's a great ride and great judgment for him with hard tyres. But Mark Marquez is once again the master of damage limitation. Coming up, the views of Neil Hodgson, James Tosland and all the protagonists from race day. But first, what did Julian Ryder and Keith Hewan make at the racing? Jules, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm absolutely knackered and ecstatic in equal measures. Fantastic day. Completely, Keith. Ecstatic, out on my feet, exhausted, but... I, I know you've been around racing a long time, but all your professional life, all your adult life, you've been a motorcycle racer. I started in 1980 in the, in the motorcycle press. So I saw what the last couple of Barry Sheen's wins, really, as a journo. But I've been waiting most of my professional life to see what happened today. I'll tell you what, I feel really happy to have witnessed it alongside you. We've worked together a lot. <laughs> a long time. And it just feels like... It's come good. We've got the Olympics that's going nuts at the moment. Everybody's shouting and screaming on all the news channels in the UK about how well our Olympians are doing. And here we are now. I just hope that we get the same kind of press and coverage for what's happened here in the Czech Republic. Three Brits on the podium. OK, not so unusual perhaps, but McPhee came out of the box oh. to take that Moto3 win. Then we had a third place from Sam Lowe's after he had to work hard to a get very, back into contention. very, good ride from Sam after the last couple of rounds. And then... Huh, out of the box comes Cal Crutchlow and does another Crutchlow. He's so... You know, that guy sometimes, he confounds me. He, he can be the most awkward, tricky character to deal with. He's liked by most people in the paddock that know him properly because he is, underneath it all, he's a soft old fella. As we know, he's a, he's a lovely bloke underneath. But I think he's one of those sportsmen who has to work himself up a bit, you know, give himself Cal a touch like of foggy. the... Like Touch of the Fogarty's. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going. And uh, I have to say that uh, having seen him since, since obviously 
he he gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> another another record broken. Uh, you know, he, he seemed uh, on the Thursday before we went out to Austria. He seemed in such a good mood, so mellowed out. He looked five years younger. Seemed to be in the right zone. Then Austria didn't go the way he wanted to do. And then we come mm. here. Just goes to show you how much input in motorcycle racing the actual rider, the driver, the the pilot has over all the machinery. Unlike so many other motorsports. Exactly. That's what still makes us a sport. Proper sport. A proper sport, not a... Um, At a proper track. A pr- I, I just bumped into a couple of old uh, motocross boys who used to work with Noisy outside the commentary box. They said, this is like Namur, isn't it? The old Citadel circuit in Belgium. The HQ of motocross. Well, yeah, it is. Bit beery and tatty around the edges and absolutely fabulous. Great place to get your first ever wins in yeah. the case of McPhee and Crutchlow, of course. And... Uh, Sticking with the Premier class, 35 years, that's a long time to have to wait. Yeah. Funny that number 35 on Cal Crusher, there's some things that are just ordained, aren't <laughs> yeah, there? You like that sort of I symmetry. Do. You do like that sort of serendipity, that sort of symmetry. And do you know what? I love the fact that Cal Crutchlow kept up the tradition of Cal Crutchlow by calling everyone else <laughs> wimps, wimps because they didn't go with a hard tyre. He was yep. the only man to go with a hard tyre. Apart from Loris Baz. As well on the front. Yes, it was, Loris Baz. Indeed, it was. But there were a few others that tried the hard tyre on the rear, and they were the only guys in the end that could uh, could finish the race yep. at any kind of pace. Everyone else had destroyed tyres. So was, it was, a, was just in the wobbling every, home mode. But everybody expected to have to do the bike swap, to do the, the flag-to-flag you know, shuffle down pit lane. But, of course... You did it, if you put softs on, for sure. As it closed down, they could see it wasn't drying enough. So it got later and later. And then it went beyond the sensible call to come down pit lane and make that Not change. Not enough time left to get your 30 which, seconds back. Which brought Baz and Cal Crutcher in particular yeah. right into play. He did it in Saxon Ring, came from nowhere to second place. He's gone one better this week and... I love the tweet that I saw from Jack Miller, who won in Assen, obviously, in, in not in similar conditions, but near enough. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, welcome to the club. You know, <laughs> I don't want to see, seem cocky, but I told you so. So those two are like bookends, aren't they? They Jack, are. Jack Miller and Cal Crutchlow. Uh, let, me, let me move this on, just a, a strange piece here. We've got Lorenzo and Davizioso, who are signed up Ducati men for yeah. next year, both having tantrums in the paddock, in pit lane, in the middle of the race with their crews, because... They've not got what they want or it's not going how they want. I've never seen anything like it. We're in the middle of a MotoGP race, the most important part of the season, and there's two guys having an argument with their crews because of whatever it was, set-up tyres. One of whom I would have believed it of, and the other, Andrea Dovizioso, who I was genuinely shocked by. Diva-like, must be very worrying for Ducati. I don't know what people thought at home about that situation, but I, you know, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Snap, absolutely. I was, my jaw was on the floor at that point. Other matter has to be Andrea Iannone, who is known as the maniac, but that front tyre, he couldn't possibly have known that his front tyre was in the shape it was in. I've never, ever, in all my life, ever seen a front motorcycle tyre in such a state. It had lost all the tread rubber from the centre, peeled away. Right to the carcass. Oh, yeah, gone. All of the tread rubber down to the carcass, but the shoulders were left. Not quite. There were great chunks out of them. I saw the tyre. So it must, not only must it have gone out of balance, not only must it have been making him weave in a straight line, not only on the brakes in the centre part of the tyre, I can't imagine what it felt like. Incredible. It should have exploded. It should have sent him up the street. The question I'm getting to, of course, is race direction will have seen. We saw the bits fly off of it all in one go. When uh, it, down at turn one when he hit the brakes. When it delaminated and completely flicked it all into the face of Rossi et al., I'm surprised he didn't get a black and orange flag. And as soon as we saw the close-up of the tyre, the slow-mo, 
which was utterly explicit about the damage, I was shocked. I, I was waiting for that flag which would have called him into the pits. But, of course, it was close to the end of the race. It was, uh, you know, a call that was going to be difficult to make and take him out of the equation. But at the end of the day, probably safety-wise, I think they'll be thinking about that again. I, I, I was surprised. He, he got eighth place. I have no idea how. And you, who are a professional motorcycle racer for N years, if you've got no idea... Very, very strange indeed. Uh, one other thing that we should mention before we, went, before we go home. No, McPhee's brilliant, of course. Sam Lowe's brilliant. Cal Crutch, though, exceptional. Rory Skinner, fourth place ah, in the yes. Red Bull Rookies. At the end of the day, while yep. all of this ex- ex- euphoria is going on around the paddock, and you, 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 the place is alive with excitement tonight. Yeah. It's incredible. I think he got eighth yesterday and fourth, and he was in the leading group today. It wasn't a matter of in the group fighting for lowers. He was right up the sharp end, the young Scotsman. I think we've enjoyed this week, and I think that's about it, mate. But I cannot imagine enjoying a race day more. Let's recap on what happened across the three classes. In MotoGP, Cal Crutchlow, a brilliant strategy, a good tyre choice, a fine race, and a long-awaited victory. Good on you, Cal. A first chink in championship leader, Johan Zarco's armour, perhaps. He finished 11th. Folger got the win, Rins in second, but Sam Lowe's gained points on the reigning champion. Well done, Sam. And we had the most wonderful start to this race day with John McPhee winning the Moto3 race. Not a dry bit of tarmac in sight and not a dry eye in Scotland. No doubt about that. And I'm delighted to say the Grand Prix winner, John McPhee, joins us now in Checkered Flag. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a Grand Prix winner. Give him a round of applause. (laughs) My words, what? A day. Let's talk about your own personal success first, John. Uh, it's been a couple of hours. Has it sunk in yet? <laughs> Not yet. You know, watching that back there, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I'm absolutely delighted. It's uh, it's the dream. You know, that's what we've been. Uh, that's what we've been working towards, and didn't didn't really see it coming the last few races, but we managed to pull it together, and absolutely delighted. What was nice was it wasn't just the wet, was it this time? You know, no, yesterday no. in qualifying, you were less than a second point seven off uh, from pole position. Yeah. And then this morning, warm up quickest. Did you know it was on after the warm up? Yeah, you know, after uh, after yesterday, we really brought things together. And I need to say a big thanks to Mahindra and Fusio because uh, they've, they've developed race by race. It's been coming better. You know, the chassis is absolutely brilliant. The gearbox is working. Yeah, we're a bit down on horsepower, but then uh, I seen I was at the hotel last night, seen the forecast for today, and seen there's rain in there, and thought, right, we've we've a good crack Licking at this. your lips. Uh, we'll talk about the race itself, and we'll dip into the detail a little bit later on. But just talk to me, just about the emotion, because it was such a tense end to the race. We're going, come on, John, finish the job. When you cross the line, how did it feel? I, honestly, I can't I can't explain it. I honestly can't explain it, James. When was the last time you won a race? 2010 was the last time I won a race. At one point, you know, I beat Hodgie all the time when we're training and all <laughs> these kind of things. But I've, That's uh, nothing to celebrate. <laughs> but it's interesting, you immediately, and a lot of riders do this sportsmen across all sports, when, when they get that win, they immediately think of their families and on all the hard work put in and all the money that was being put into success. And, and I guess you were thinking the same, were you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I came across the line and the first thing I thought about was my mum and dad, Peter Ball from the Racing Stats Foundation and, uh, and Mark Keane. But they've just, they're the ones that believed in me. They've been with me uh, race after race and well, I was I went and sat in the truck after the after the race I was so happy just sat down you know the tears just started running I was just 
can't explain it. Well, it's massive in Scotland. You know, the likes of uh, Nar McKenzie and Steve Hislop, the late Steve Hislop, bless him. You know, and to, to join those kind of names and the Scot you know, motorcycle in Scotland is so big. You saw Carolyn and James coming. They drove all the way down from nearly Aberdeen to come and support uh, the British riders in the last race in A1 ring. So, you know, look at that. I mean, what, what was that? What was going through your head there? <laughs> oh, just absolutely amazing. You know, even even the likes of Bradley Smith, he's been somebody that's helped me from, from start to finish and he's been, been with me week in, week out. And, we got to Austria last week and he's still doing track walks with me and explaining how things are going and to see these guys happy for me as well is what, a dream come true. What did Bradley say to you? <laughs> I think he was just as excited as I was, you know, he was just screaming and hands in the air and cheering for me. It was, uh, it was really good to see, it made, me, made the day. Um, let's talk about MotoGP because another amazing race and a great victory for Cal Crutchlow and I guess, you know, you relate to what he's gone through. He's struggled at times. It's been difficult for him to get that win. It's sensational. It's such a relief as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for, for, for me, I mean, people don't know what you go through but with these guys, it's a different game altogether because they're, they are in the, the best the best in the world, you know, and uh, when, when something's not quite there and you're chasing these tents here and there, it, it must be difficult for them. I can only uh, think to myself, but for Cal to get the win today is absolutely brilliant. He really deserves it. Let's talk about his bravery in the tired choice. He was one of only three riders who went for a hard rear. It's actually a hard front and rear, the only one to do that. Did you know that? Did you think it was the right call? Um, I didn't know he had done it, but I seen he definitely had he had something there. You know, he was he was gapping these guys by nearly a second per sector. Not never mind a lap. And uh, these last few laps there, he came in really strong. And uh, we seen him when he when he got to the lead, he just cleared off. So uh, yeah, good good strategy, good plan, and it, and it paid off. Well done. Cal. It was interesting to listen to Mark Marquez afterwards when he said, I knew Cal was on the hard front and back, I knew Rossi was in the hard rear, and there's only so much he could do. But as the laps went on, going into the pits was no longer an option. Actually, I think it was Bradley perhaps who went in, who intentionally went into the pits to, to change tyres. Um, so, so they knew what was ahead of them, and they were kind of helpless. They just had to hope, I guess, the track did them a favour. Was, was that the case? Yeah, well, we see time after time, with, especially with these guys, they've got the intermediate tyre there, and it, it's a bit of a gamble. You know, one lap too late is, is normally the way it goes for most people and it, and it means winning or losing the race and if they can get in just that little bit early and gain the gain the rhythm with the, the intermediate tyres it tends to pay off but the track seems, seems to take a long time to dry out today and uh, unfortunately it didn't pay off for these guys. We didn't necessarily think we'd be shouting for Cal for the victory. We thought it might have been Scott because he had a good morning and a good start to the race, JT. Yeah, well, I think that was what just John said there. It didn't really dry up until the cut-off point where the soft tyre all of a sudden dropped off a cliff, didn't it? And there's about seven or about seven or eight laps to go. All of a sudden, the front, soft front tyres started to fall apart and fell to bits. And then it was too late to actually change them. But at this point in the race, Scott looks so strong. The Ducatis look so strong. In those wet conditions, the Ducatis look so just a, 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 a cut above the rest, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I had my money on Scott to get the win there. He was looking so strong, but like you say, that when the front tyre went off, there was nothing he could do about it. This is when he started to have problems. Obviously, Cal and uh, Hector Barber looked like he was going to be a race winner at some point. And this, is, this was the interesting thing. As the track kind of dried up, the hard front tyres that people chose, especially Cal, it was amazing the difference. Look, Scott couldn't even turn it in there. Hector Barber got past, but in the end, Hector Barber even lost so much time. Even look at the, the distance that Mark Marquez is behind. But Mark Marquez was also on the soft front tyre, and that's seem to hold out for the Honda? Yeah, it looked a little bit better. I mean, uh, I don't know with these bikes how, how they work, but I've seen uh, Ian Oni's front tyre when he came in there and it was completely destroyed. I don't know. I don't even know how he was still riding with it. So I imagine Scott's must have been exactly the same. And 
yeah, for whatever reason, the Honda doesn't seem to push the front so much. Yeah, you could see some of the riders looking for a little bit of damp on the track somewhere just to try and get a bit. But that is Andre Iannone's front tyre. It's absolutely destroyed. And that's a danger, not just for him, but for everyone else out there. Why was he not called in? Why was he not flagged? Uh, well, I mean, it's it, it's down to real the, his decision. You could tell that he knew something was going wrong. He was going wide in, in most corners. But, it's it, you know, he could still finish the race. And obviously he did do. But um, the, the, if that if that, that's close to actually, you know, maybe kind of uh, puncturing at that point, and, and that's dangerous. I had that actually in Monza one time, but Monza's so, so fast in a straight line, but I've never seen that on a front tyre to have that but kind so of damage. Should the decision not be taken out of his hands there? Because he did a full lap on it, should he not? That was only one or two laps left to go, wasn't he? So by the time I think everybody maybe discussed it, you know, he'd come across the line and finish the race. Yeah, I mean, pretty scary though, isn't it, to see that, John? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is for him is who, who makes the call? You know, he obviously feels that the front tyre is pushing, but he doesn't know quite how bad it is. And when he's running at the front, he's in the front pack, and the guys aren't really pulling away from him. He's obviously thinking they're having the same issues. So as a rider, I mean, the last thing you're going to do is pull in. So uh, it's, it's a hard one to call. One of the wonderfully entertaining parts of that race was watching Valentino Rossi. We knew he had that uh, hard rear arm. We knew he could <laughs> he could hold out for all the laps and started working his way and his pace race, his race pace was getting faster and faster. He was the big threat, even from fourth, wasn't he? He, he rode an amazing race again. Um, but, but, you know, the, the great escape again was Marquez, but Valentino Rossi, to go past Marquez and, and, and pull those points back on him, go up to second position in the championship. Marquez has actually extended his lead in the championship because Lorenzo didn't score any, but still... You know, you know, Ross is hanging in there in, in it. Uh, what is he? He's, he is now 53 points behind Mark Marquez. I mean, that's two, over two race wins, let's remember. But he's also now second, OK? So he's, he's taken over from Lorenzo. And you know what Rossi's like? When he sees the target, he's a dangerous man, isn't he? And he was so impressive today, John. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I say, he's, uh, he was taking another one of these guys that was taking the risk, going off the, the dry line and passing people on the wet stuff. And that's, that's mega impressive stuff to see. Yeah, Valentino Rossi now second in the championship. I still can't get over what a day we've had. We will celebrate all the riders from Great Britain throughout the course of the day, but let's uh, celebrate a little bit of Italy now, shall we, with Valentino Rossi as we Gav. Valentino, congratulations. Great second place in the end there, because did you worry at the start of the race that maybe the decision, you made the wrong decision going with that harder rear tyre? I was desperate, not to worry, because I say... I did a mistake also today, another time. <laughs> uh, because uh, when I saw P12 on the board and everybody overtake me from the outside, I say, wow. No. Also, it was a shame also because I had a, I had a good uh, a good setting from this morning. So I ride the bike well, but I, I have no grip on the rear. Uh, but after restart to recover, you know, uh, at the end it was the right, right, right choice because the other Yamaha with the, with the, with the soft like Paul and Smith uh, already in, in half of the race they were uh, very, very bad. Uh, and uh, the second half uh, was funny, coming better and uh, overtake, overtake everybody and, uh, you know. Uh, I'm very happy to come back on the podium because the last time was in the victory in Barcelona and happened a lot of mistakes, a lot of unlucky, and a lot of time also because it was June, so I, st I start to be very sad, but uh, today I'm happy. Yeah, every reason to be happy. Okay, you've only chipped four points away from Mark's lead. You've closed right uh, with Jorge, though, in the championship. Going to Silverstone next time out, we know what happened there last year. Y yes, but, uh, you know, um, with, with markets it's difficult because uh, too many mistakes and, uh, and also some unlucky Mugello. But the, 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 point, the point difference is too big. 
but with Orga anyway is, a, is an important battle for the second place. And uh, now one week of rest and after Silverstone we need to try to be concentrated and try to be strong on the wet but also on the dry. And just finally, uh, is the British Grand Prix next week. We are celebrating a first British winner for 35 years. I know you two get on really well, Valentino. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for him, sincerely, because Carl is one of the best guys in the MotoGP and is uh, one of the most fun and uh, that they have a better relationship. So I say to him that I said to him that uh, he deserve it. I'm very happy for him also become, because he become father. And uh, you know, uh, have uh, one victory in MotoGP is uh, is uh, you 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 pass the class. You know, you are you are a topper class. Uh, so I'm very happy for Carl and for uh, all his family. Yeah, and us as well. Not since Barry Sheen has, since has there been Barry a British. Lot, like, so seventy something. Eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, is uh, quite a long time. A long time. <laughs> Valentino, congratulations. Great Silver, ride. What well up? Silverstone. Ciao. Thirty five long years. You heard it from the good doctor himself. When you win a Grand Prix. You step up a level. That's what you did today, John McPhee. <laughs> you know what it feels like for Cal Crutchlow. It's a special, special moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I can I can only think again of, of how happy I am right now and imagine Cal's exactly the same. It's uh, I can't even put it into words. Oh, what a week he's had. You know, yeah. Not only a race win, but he said himself, the birth of his daughter, Willow. Uh, I mean, I bet Lucy's beside us. I'll, 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 I bet she's still crying now. And, uh, you know, it, there's not many times in life where um, this would be bettered. <laughs> But the birth of his daughter, it was nice of him to say, but uh, incredible week he's had. Um, let's talk about Valentino Rossi there. Real chipper, okay? The fact he's taken over his teammate in the championship standings will have an awful lot to do with that, no doubt about it, you know? He, he loves that, and we know what happened between the two of them last year. That means a lot to him, doesn't it? Yeah, he's 14 points behind him, wasn't he, coming into this weekend? Now he's 10 points ahead, and it just shows you just how the championship can turn on its head. You know, both championship leaders in Moto3 and Moto2 lost a, a lot of points today in the championship, but Marquez actually uh, extended it, but Rossi really had a, a big boost to his, uh, his confidence before Silverstone. Jorge Lorenzo, really, really bizarre week because Friday, Saturday, looking good. The man to be consistent pace. Obviously, Mark did the job on qualifying. But today, I mean, his head was just not at the races. Two stops, changed bikes twice, John. What was going on there, do you think? Again, I think it's one of them, like I said before, with the coming in for the intermediate tyres. You, uh, you can win or lose races. And obviously, I don't know exactly what was going on there, but it looked to me as if he came in for the intermediates and then realised actually, then you know what, the track's still far too wet. And uh, I was watching the sector times, and I mean, all the guys that went for intermediates, they were 16, 17 seconds a lap slower every single lap, and there was nothing they could do about it. And, and unbeknown to Lorenzo, that particular lap before, he was actually quicker than the leader and then he came in to change the tyres because he didn't know that at that point. And that's why the team was so frustrated with him. They couldn't believe all of a sudden he was catching him and he came in to change it. There hasn't been many better days than this for British motorcycling, has there? Oh, maybe over 50 years. We're talking about Barry Sheen, Charles, and uh, you know, many, many years. I mean, I wasn't even one um, uh, since since we had a British winner uh, 35 years ago. Um, but you know, I, just as I actually called that there'd be a British winner in all three classes today, because and it, well, I wasn't far off. But you know, it was a, a great start from John and then and then Calvert and Sam, a great podium as well. A very good podium for Mark Marquez as well. He had a funny old weekend, a few spills, quite a few thrills to finish third. Let's hear from him now. Mark, congratulations on that third place. At one point, it looked like, yeah, it was definitely going to be a third. Then we weren't so sure in the middle part of the race. How did you experience it out there on the track as the conditions started to dry up? 
Yeah, honestly, I expect that uh, start to dry up even earlier. Uh, for that reason, I choose soft, soft. Uh, this, uh, I choose the soft tires and this more or less in the last laps I was struggling more, but it uh, was uh, my mistake. Uh, I, I expect a flag to flag race. And, and then I was pushing a lot on the beginning with the soft tires for try to, to change the tires to, to slick. But uh, I saw that uh, the track was too wet and, and then uh, I tried to manage. I know that Carl was with hard hard, Valentino with, with, with the hard rear. They overtake me, I saw that uh, I was struggling a lot and then uh, the maximum for the championship was the 16 points and uh, I'm very happy no? because we increase a lot the advantage with Jorge and we lose only four points with Valentino. And the important thing is you're bringing the bike home every single weekend. You're scoring those important points. As you say, today Valentino only took a few. Jorge didn't score. So it's so important for the championship. And, and this new mentality of yours, do you have to repeat it to yourself at the start of every race? Yeah, honestly, it's hard. It's hard eh? because today I was there. I, my, you know, I, I try to take the risk for, to go with hard, but I say I prefer to have the soft have some movement and some warnings. Maybe with the hard you can be faster, but then you can lose the, the front really quick. So it's some mentality that uh, at the moment works, so I, I will try to keep this mentality during all the season. But uh, the important thing also is that uh, in dry conditions, wet conditions, mixed flag to flag, I feel strong, we are constant, so we, we must to keep like this. You know, when you look at the leaders across the three classes, for all of them, it's not about race wins, it's just about chipping away, bagging points every round, making it just really difficult to try and uh, track them down. Although Johan Zarco had a bit of a blip today, more of that a little bit later on in Checker Flag. But let's focus on the MotoGP Championship after round 11. Mark Marquez, a healthy old lead, but over Valentino Rossi, who swapped places with Jorge Lorenzo. Rossi, 53 points behind the Spaniard. Lorenzo, 63 behind Mark Marquez. And Cal Crutchlow moves up into 10th place there. Well done, Cal. A race winner today, of course. Sensational performance from him. Let's hear from him now. Cal, I don't know how many times I've interviewed you over the years and the nearly moments, the times you've been there. You should have possibly been on the top step before now, but finally, after 35 years, we have a British winner in MotoGP. And it's yourself on top there, Cal. What does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot. Um, I think, you know, as I said uh, live on TV earlier, I, don't, I think the feeling I thought was going to be a little different than what it is. I had the best feeling in the world a couple of weeks ago. Um, so... Don't get me wrong, I, you know, I haven't won a race for many, many years, so six or seven years, um, it's been a long time. Um, I'm pleased to be the British rider that's done it. Um, one, after all the stick I've got, um, everyone's better than me, blah, 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 the other riders. Um, we did it, they didn't, it's as simple as that. I'm pleased. That's not being cocky or arrogant, I just, that's the way it is, and uh, I'm so pleased with my team. Um, last Yesterday I wrecked a bike, and I mean... We saw it. The bike went six and a half meters in the air. Uh, there was not one conceivable part left. Maybe the engine, we don't know. Um, and they were up till midnight. So to repair them with that today is something really, really special. Um, I struggled at the start of the race. I couldn't get the heat into the tire. Me and Valet were riding around together. Obviously, I had the harder front as well, which was a little bit more dangerous because you need the front around here. Um, but once I got the heat into the tire and I was able to push, um, I was playing with them, honestly. I, I'm, you know, I just had so much grip, I was playing with them. Um, I could ride across gaps whenever I needed to. Um, and the only, the only moment I thought was going to be a little fun was with Hector, but in the end I just uh, went past him and just uh, continued to ride my own pace. 
the worst thing in the race was Lucho hanging over the pit wall telling me to slow down. But when, you, when you're in a rhythm and you're just riding around, you don't need told. Uh, but no, I have a lot of people to thank for this. You know, people that when I first started in my career backed me um, and continue to back me even though I had bad results. Sure, we've had some crashes this year, but I didn't crash today and I won the race. We will hear from his boss, Lucio Cecinillo, a little bit later on. I'm glad Cal was relaxed. We weren't. We were biting our nails right down. It was terrifying those last few laps. But you know, in the Olympics, when Team GB win loads and loads of medals, they call it Super Saturday. We had a stupendous Sunday in the world of motorbike racing today. And the standard was set by John McPhee, winning at Moto3, doing it so well in awful conditions from Jorge Martin and the young Italian De Giantonio, or something like that. Who cares? I only care about John McPhee at the moment. If you missed the race, well, don't worry about it. This is what happens. But it's John McPhee as he comes to the end of the lap, surely. John McPhee has done it all right. One more corner for the Scotsman. John McPhee from the third row of the grid has come through to win the Moto3 Grand Prix of the Czech Republic. Over the line he goes. What a fantastic win in the rain. I can undo my fingers now, can't I? I'm, I'm undoing the legs. Broke my knuckles. McPhee, Martin, Gigi Antonio, oh. that's your top three. Did you enjoy watching that, Johnny? <laughs> uh, it's, it's still not, still not sunk in yet. I just, I, I don't even know what to say. You know, absolutely delighted. And uh, yeah, the moment was, uh, the scene there was a little bit bigger than it felt at the time. But uh, now it's brilliant to see. Um, when we were watching you, kind of bringing home, you were be behind Binder for a while there, and we felt, does he need to? take uh, Binder because we know Powie was on the prowl as well and the pace was up and what were you thinking at the stage were you happy just to sit, sit behind the yeah you know Binder was running really strong and I, I was genuinely disappointed when he when he crashed because uh, he, he deserved to be at least on the podium today but uh, no you what? weren't <laughs> no what <laughs> no I genuinely was he was riding really well and I was John I was, you need to retire from motorcycle <laughs> racing if he was genuinely upset when you saw Brad Binder crash I like Brad Binder he's a good friend of mine I wasn't upset because I saw he was okay, and my mate, John McPhee, was leading the Grand Prix. So, um, yeah, you know, it, we, it, did it kinda, we did kind of cheer, John. <laughs> are, you really <laughs> telling me, are you really telling me you were upset? Well, you know, I was kind of thinking, oh, that's a shame because Brad was riding really well, and I must have got about two corners later. It's like, you know what, actually, I'm leading here. So <laughs> it took a little minute to, to sink in, but uh, now, brilliant, brilliant feeling. We had to uh, keep calm after, after Brad went down. I had to try and find my own rhythm. and following him at the start of the race seemed the easy thing to do and just just to understand where we were with the with the grip levels with more rain coming down and at the end there I felt really strong what was your next immediate concern when brad was out of the way were you thinking about powie not really move? not really to be honest i wasn't i wasn't racing you know i was i was on my own i was doing my own thing i had my lap time on my screen i had plus and minus and i was just keeping an eye on that and i knew if i could keep a consistent rhythm if, if powie caught me then i would try and race but at that time it was more like uh more like qualifying or practice, just finding a good rhythm and keeping a good flow going, and uh, you know it, it paid off. We obviously had the had the moment there when the when the rain came in, but apart from that, it was more or less smooth. This is what happened in Moto2. The owner's Folger comes to the line, sneaks a, a nice short shift, looks for a wheelie, yanks it on air, finishes as classy as he did to win it. It is Folger from Alex Rins who comes through now with a slightly less enthusiastic wheelie, and Sam Leones of Great Britain comes through in third place to take good points.
Well, we've moved down into the paddock area for a very good reason. We're desperately searching for Sam Lowe's. He said he'd be here, but he has been dragged from pillar to post. Also, they have these press conferences they have to do after these races, and they can go on forever and ever. And, of course, all the written press wanting to talk to him, too. It's been such a brilliant, brilliant day for British motorbike racing. All the three guys, John McPhee, Sam Lowe's, and, of course, Cal Crutchlow, will be very, very popular with the written and, of course, the broadcast media today. But let's talk about Sam Lowe's and uh, just how he rode today, because it was really important he's bagged some serious points particularly what happened to Zarco finishing 11th as well he had to take it, advantage it was important I spent a little bit of time with him during the Moto3 race I popped to see him and it's rare that you see Sam that nervous the last two wet races he crashed in in fact he said to me do you know what Oggie I've never even finished a race in the wet on a Moto2 bike so and it's Sam being Sam always asks you your opinion he very rarely listens and he's like what should I do what should I do and I'm like well I'd said, I said, you're on the front row of the grid. If you get a good start, I said, just do nothing for 10 laps. Just stay there. Don't try and attack anybody. And actually, I don't know if he listened to me, but it actually looked like he, he did that. He was quite calm at the first part of the race, and then he started just to pick up his pace up, and he rode the perfect race. It was a, st a stunning result. He seemed to have a little moment. Around the halfway mark was perhaps a little clip around the chop saying, OK, Sam, take your medicine. Third is OK here. And with the championship, third's not bad either. Is that what happened? You think? Yeah, the goal was the podium. As well, as well. So that, that's exactly what happened. You, you have a, a bit of a slide, a bit of a moment. And at that point, you look at your pit board. It already pulled well away from fourth place, and you think, do you know what? I'll take this. Uh, a podium today will do. In those conditions, I can't emphasise enough how easy it is to end up on your backside. It's so easy to make a mistake. We saw a lot of crashes throughout the throughout the day. So uh, yeah, a, th a third will do. And the fact that, like you, you, you touched on, Zarko having such a bad day, really. It's, it's, it's sort of reopened the championship, hasn't it, for everyone? They've, they've now, you know, you've, you've a chance, really. Certainly Rins has. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, 44 points for Sam. That's not insurmountable. He could get there, but he had to get himself on the podium. He had to get himself in third. And uh, Takenaki Agami, actually riding quite well at this stage, was, uh, was the man he had to pip. Yeah, they, and this was the point in the race when he started just to move forward a little bit. And it was an import, important to get in front of Taka. And then it was the next bit when he got on the back of the, the leading two that they managed to pull away from fourth. And that's what really got him the podium. Yeah, I mean, 44 points when you consider there's a lot of rain possibly between now and then. We've got a couple of European rounds. Uh, I mean, he'll be looking for a bit of rain in Silverstone again, do you think? But Zarko just didn't seem to like it today. He didn't seem to enjoy it. I was slightly concerned. He's been testing the MotoGP bike. He's testing it actually on Wednesday in Mizano. And um, I didn't know if that started to affect him a little bit. Not that he, he would never give up on Moto2, but you know what Sam's like? His attention span, he can only focus on one thing at a, at a time. So. The MotoGP test he has done has gone, they've gone really well for him. And I think he's started then now to sort of focus and look towards MotoGP. Getting a result like this, forgetting about the two previous bad results, I think he's back on track. And uh, like you say, it's 44 points. Is it possible? Well, like you say, Silverstone next. He got pole position there last year. If you can bag a win there, then you're on your way, aren't you? And he is the kind of guy who is hugely motivated by a home crowd as well. Little spur he him loves on. it, doesn't he? he? He does, though. He genuinely yeah. loves it. He's always thanking the fans. and That's he, why we he, like him so much. That's why we love watching him race. That's why we like having him around the place. Could you believe what happened here today? It started with John McPhee winning the Moto3 race in awful conditions. Sam Lowe's making the podium third place in Moto2. And then after 35 years, a British rider winning a MotoGP race. Well done, Cal Crutchlow. It has just been so special for all of us, for all of you at home, but in particular for his boss, Lucio. Lucio, well done. Thank Your you. thoughts, your emotions, please. Yeah. 
Sorry, first of all, because I still think stink <laughs> with the champagne, <laughs> but uh, it's a really, really a great, uh, a great day for all of us. He did an, an incredible race, an incredible race, and uh, he was really brave as well to, to pick up the, the hard rain compound. He, he already, when he stayed in the motorhome, already said, I want the hard rain compound. We, we decided uh, to go for it, and uh, that was a great choice. Just a reminder to all of you at home, Cal was the only one to run hard fronts and rears. Two other riders ran hard rears. The weather really, really bad at that stage, but it felt like it might clear up. Was it solely his choice, only his choice to do that? Uh, he asked for first, and uh, we, we fully support, but of course we also went uh, deep to, to look on the web, uh, on the weather condition, and uh, we saw clearly that uh, the rain uh, would stop, so we said, okay, go for it. Was there any stage you thought, oh, maybe not a good idea? <laughs> Were you worried? Uh, yes, at the beginning, my crew chief, uh, after two laps, seeing Cal struggling, you know, going back on t uh, up to the 15th position, he said, ah, Lucio, maybe it was not the, the right choice, but uh, I honestly, I was uh, confident because I said, uh, uh, we still have 18 laps to go, and uh, we know, as a racer, we know that uh, this track is getting dry quite quick, and uh, that was a great choice. Lucio, you know what it's like to win a Grand Prix, seven victories in the lightweight class yourself. What does it mean to a rider, that first victory? What can it start? I cannot imagine what means uh, win a MotoGP race, <laughs> because I just won uh, 125 categories, so uh, for Carlos should be uh, an unbelievable day and he really deserves because he's a great rider and he works very, very hard uh, every day for it. Talk to us about Cal the Man. You see him more than any of us and we see him when he has his game face on. And I, I'm okay with that. I respect sportsmen when they don't want to talk. That's okay. They've got a big job in hand. What's he like after a race in the bar, in the motorhome? No, it's, it, no he's really... Uh, I, I mean, uh, like every rider, he has a, a tough personality, you know? And, uh, and uh, this is... Uh, very important because uh, he, he really is really really nice person and a smooth person uh, on the hospitality and uh, you know on the on his uh, normal life and uh, when he's concentrated to do his daily duties he's, he's really really concentrated he doesn't want to get disturbed to want to be disturbed and uh, that we we fully respect have you ever run those hard tires in a rain for race distance or anything, any testing with those hard tyres at all? No, not at all, and uh, that, that was the biggest uh, question mark because uh, in reality we never tested, uh, uh, even never tested in any race track this hard compound. But uh, after the warm-up, he said that uh, he started to feel a little bit movement in the front and he started to uh, already have some um, grain in the front tire. He said, I will go for the hard compound. So the warm up was with the soft front? Correct. And uh, well, obviously yeah. the race. With the medium, with the medium. And then, yes, that today was the soft, yeah. This result today, where does it go in your league of uh, most successful days as team manager? Sorry, I don't. Uh, in the league of your most successful uh, in MotoGP. Is it in the top three yourself? Uh, uh, your memories? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my memories. <laughs> too many. Too many. No, <laughs> too many. no, no. It was, uh, but it was was a fantastic day, and we still have many, many memories. But definitely, this is the best ever feeling in my life because this is exactly 30 years that I'm involved in motorcycle racing, 20 years with my team, and 10 years in MotoGP, and I couldn't ask a better uh, anniversary celebration. Congratulations. Thank you. And how about for your team? Because you're not one of the biggest teams in the paddock. You've got lots of 
good sponsors, but some smaller sponsors. And I know you work endlessly. It's constant, literally every year, trying to make the numbers add up so you can continue to running. For the, the timing for you, how important is this? Uh, it's, ve it's very, very important because, of course, especially, especially right now, because we are now started to discuss about the future and we started negotiating with our sponsor. And it's very, very important for, for all of us because, as you said, uh, every year is getting tougher to run a MotoGP team. We have big, very, a lot of expenses, but uh, let's say that thanks to the collaboration of many companies and Dorna and Honda, we, we can uh, survive. We're really enjoying those pictures of you guys celebrating, but what does it mean to you bringing Cal to his home race as a MotoGP winner? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling for me, but uh, also, I mean, it, it's, it's very nice, of course, because uh, he will, he will uh, give a lot of more motivation to the British community fan to come to see, to see British riders, to support British riders. So please come to support British riders at the next race in Silverstone. And that I'm sure that will be another great race for all British riders. And uh, in any case, for uh, let's say, I would like to say that uh, it's, it's, it's special what happened also for us because uh, Seems like uh, when we have a dream, uh, if you don't give up, sometimes you can realize your dream. Yeah, you don't have to wait long. This is how it all looks on a BT Sport. Free practice, qualifying and race day, Sunday the 4th of September. But I tell you what, do what we're going to do. We're going to go out for a little orange juice and reflect on what's been a wonderful day for British motorbike racing. From all of us here in Bruno, thanks for joining us and goodbye. Bye-bye. Best of British. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.